Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 362 Addiction and Substance Abuse with Professor Mark Hunter. I hope you listen and enjoy. Welcome to Unit 5 in Psychology 362, Addiction and Substance Abuse. In this unit, we're going to look at marijuana and hallucinogens. Chapter 11 of your textbook deals specifically with marijuana. The plant cannabis sativa is commonly known as marijuana, and it once was harvested primarily for the fibers that it had, and so people would use that to uh, make rope or other types of uh, even make some cloth to because of the fiber, but it uh, now is grown for its psychoactive effects. Marijuana is the top leafy portion of the plant, and hashish is the resin of the oil that's uh, on the leaves to protect the plant from sun. Now, the use of cannabis marijuana for its intoxicating effects appears to have been uh, started in Asia, in the Middle East and North Africa. And then it was exposed or introduced to Europe in the 19th century. Um, back in, cannabis was introduced to the New World around 1543 when the Spaniards brought it to Chile. And the cannabis plant was raised in the American colonies for its fiber. Now, uh, there's been lots of different reports and legislation about marijuana. People have, have debated this drug for, for quite a few years. Um, back in 1894, it was uh, referred to as Indian hemp. And uh, so that's why they gave it the name Indian Hemp Drug Commission. Uh, in 1944, the LaGuardia Committee uh, also looked at it. And um, so the um, it's these types of re committee reports that tended to find that marijuana use overall was not particularly uh, harmful to society. Um, marijuana is the most frequently used illicit or illegal drug in the United States, um, even though its use has decreased somewhat over the last decade. And the most common way of uh, ingesting marijuana is smoking. So the active ingredients in marijuana is a big one. It's the Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol. So that's a lot to say. So uh, we refer to it commonly as THC. And that's the principal psychoactive agent in cannabis. And so the potency of cannabis varies widely depending on where the marijuana is grown, the type of marijuana. So the, most of the marijuana grown in the United States has a lower THC level than that which is imported from overseas. Um, the United States THC level is about uh, 10 to 12%. And uh, there's a seedless form of marijuana which is around 10 to 20%. And, but hashish, again, which is the resin on the leaves, uh, are higher, which, um, which hashish oil can contain up to 60% of 
THC. So the pharmacokinetics uh, of marijuana use is that um, once you smoke a marijuana cigarette, um, usually it occurs within just a few minutes after you inhalation, and it really peaks about 30 to 60 minutes later. Uh, the effects can last two to four hours. And so THC is metabolized slowly through the body, which means about, um, so approximately half within several days and which, um, and a remainder for about a week. But THC can be found in urine and other types of tests for up to 30 days. So if, um, if you're in a, a situation where you're drug tested, it can be uh, uh, detected for about a month after the last use of marijuana. So what happens when we take marijuana? What's the mechanism of action? It uh, occurs in the brain and it results in affecting the neurotransmitters as which every drug we've talked about and will talk about does. Um, there's still some questions about which exactly parts of the neurotransmitter, which exactly which neurotransmitters are affected. Um, but there are some natural cannabinol receptors in our brain. Uh, we have a uh, reaction to this and receptor sites. And so there um, most work on this area of THC and, and neurotransmitters focuses on that. Tolerance, as we've mentioned before, um, is most likely um, occurs when you've used a high amount of uh, cannabis over extended periods of time. Um, dependence upon marijuana and um, is really found to be more psychological than physical, meaning that that sense of reward you get uh, from smoking the marijuana cigarette or however you um, inhale it, the um, has been associated with, with pleasure and so we psychologically want to have that pleasure again and so it's more psychologically dependent uh, dependence than physiological dependence. So cannabis has been used for medicinal and psychotherapeutic purposes for, for quite some time. Um, it's often used in chronic pain for adults and uh, there's for those who are receiving chemotherapy for cancer uh, THC uh, marijuana has been used to help reduce the nausea and the vomiting because it's um, it actually produces a desire to increase our appetite. Chemotherapy affects your appetite and so um, there's been ways in which different states have actually regulated and are passing laws with the medical use of marijuana with certain um, diseases or disorders that they found that it's actually been helpful if it's uh, prescribed in a legal way. So the acute effects of marijuana generally are, are kind of benign, meaning that they'll have bloodshot eyes, increased heart and pulse rate, but also decreased motor activity. Um, 
the long-term effects is is the research is not really great and and with states more recently allowing for legalization of marijuana there there have an opportunity now to see what happens when this is publicly available over the long term um, so there there does seem to be uh, evidence about some long-term uh, effects on your body but reversible if you stop using marijuana. Um, there has been an association between marijuana use and lung cancer. So there, this is an area that they're exploring as well. The psychological effects is again, the sense of decreased psychomotor activity, become more relaxed, happy feelings, but also affects your short-term memory and uh, changes your perception of time. And uh, you don't have an accurate understanding how long you've been in this uh, this state. Um, it's not been shown to really enhance your social skills or lead to violence or aggression. Um, what happens is it tends to be more of a amotivational syndrome, meaning that you lack motivation to do things throughout your life, you work, school, or, or whatever. And uh, so it's a, um, uh, the idea that, you know, people tend not to take on the responsibilities during this time when they're, uh, when they're smoking, inhaling marijuana. All right, chapter 12 is dedicated to understanding hallucinogens. Hallucinogens are a group of drugs that have been capacity to alter the way we perceive, think, and understand the world around us. Um, there's different classes, and again, we're not going to try to get into uh, heavily in all these different areas, but it alters our perception. We see things, we hear things, we think things that really aren't there. So um, serotonergic hallucinogens is uh, LSD, which we'll talk about here in a minute, uh, psilocybin, which is found in mushrooms and mescaline. Um, psilocybin is, again, part of the uh, uh, mushroom genus, and mescaline is, uh, another name for that is peyote cactus. Um, Indian Native American uh, have used these uh, plants for uh, religious purposes, over uh, centuries. So LSD is, is a synthetic uh, compound. It's not found naturally uh, anywhere. And it was uh, discovered by the Swiss chemist, Albert Hoffman. And actually he discovered it when he ingested it himself. And uh, so um, he was, uh, using it for more of an anesthesia kind of thing, but he, he realized that. And so, uh, like we mentioned early on, even though LSD had a was originally started for a, a medicinal purposes or you know for medical reasons, it was taken over by uh, others for illegal reasons. And the 1960s really saw a, a large increase in use of LSD. Um, the um, so they affect the, or 
uh, serotonin uh, neurons, but they also, the sympathetic nervous system, that means that you get excited, you get uh, your pulse, your breathing, your heart rate, all these things become excited during these, uh, uh, an LSD trip. So it increases, as I just said, your blood pressure, your body temperature, uh, sweating. Uh, so it can result in visual hallucinations. You'll see things that are, are just not there or the things that you do see start to change shapes or uh, move about in different ways. Um, it can result in more like a dreamlike state. Another uh, thing that people report is what we call synesthesia. And that just means um, it's taking our senses and mixing them together, such as seeing music or smelling a color, where you can take uh, something that you don't normally associate with, a sense that you don't necessarily associate with another object, and bring those together. There are some, I mean, of course, negative effects. That's one of the reasons legal is that it can cause um, bad trips where someone is very neurotic, uh, have a sense of paranoia. Um, it can have flashbacks, meaning, you know, sometime after you've taken the drug, you can uh, have it affect you later on. And it can affect long-term psychological um, uh, deficits. So again, these bad trips we often refer to with LSD is really this panic or paranoid reaction to the drug. Uh, it can cause um, uh, uh, acute panic, it can cause a psychotic state, and um, it's, um, it can really be a part where someone is actually gonna harm themselves or harm others. Another type of hallucinogen is MDMA, or uh, which is referred to as ecstasy. And uh, these produce uh, symptoms similar to LSD, but usually don't produce the visual hallucinations. Um, MDMA is, is actually being explored now in a, in a reduced form, prescription form, is uh, something to use in psychotherapy uh, with related to post-traumatic stress disorder. So of course this would need to be under a doctor's care, but uh, they're trying to understand does this drug actually have any benefit uh, for those who are suffering from PTSD. The, um, there's other uh, hallucinogens that are found in mandrake, uh, jimson weed, uh, deadly nightshade and um, they plants that are naturally occurring and sometimes animals will get into these um, and uh, chew them up and then they'll show some um, hallucinogenic behaviors themselves and they'll start uh, acting kind of uh, much differently. The, um, it can produce sort of this semi-state uh, characterized by vivid visions but uh, poor memory are the experience. Another hallucinogen uh, that you may have heard of is PCP, and these are called dissociative anesthetic hallucinogens. And uh, in a moderate dose, they can produce 
the sense of intoxication. Um, at a high dose, they're used for surgical anesthesia. So um, a lot of these, these drugs, especially hallucinogens, have some original uh, anesthetic properties, but they've been used over time illegally to produce hallucinations. Well, that ends our, um, our unit, and I'll see you in the next one.